Hey, what's up? My name is Steven, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. We're just going to jump right into the word because I'm kind of excited about um, the message today. Uh, if you were able to catch my message last week, Online, We didn't get to have church last week, so I had this message prepared to preach, to teach at the one-year anniversary. But I didn't want to leave you guys hanging, so Saturday I was like, all right, Lord, I need another fresh word for you guys on risk. And so um, go back and watch that message. If you go to Avenue, ouravenuechurch.com slash listen, you can watch that. And i just tell a, a brief recap about this guy named Jonathan who had a daring plan to take a risk that his father wasn't willing and able to take. And when he stepped out with his armor bearer, he made this statement. He said, let's go over to the pagan outpost. And he says, perhaps the Lord will be with us. And I don't know, like, if, if, if you're the number two guy and somebody says, hey, why don't you come with me? Maybe God will be with us. Are you going? Here's what I know. My wife came with me and my three girls came with me. And I knew, like, you know, I feel like God's called me. But, but he says this. He says, God, nothing can hinder the Lord, for he can win a battle with a few warriors or many. And then we see Jonathan goes and his armor bearer says, whatever you got, I'm with you, right? I'm rolling with you. And so he goes and he defeats and kills 20 um, of, of the enemy and spread them across a half acre. And then it says, and this is the key point I really want you guys to go back and listen to the message, remember. But it says that those who had left the Israelite camp joined in fighting. And those who had uh, were in hiding of fear joined the fighting. So when you and I step out in risk, we bring those that are in hiding out. We give them a motivation. We show them what God is able to do. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to help us today to begin to step out and trust the resources are there when we take a risk for God. And, and the last couple of years have been like a roller coaster for us. Any roller coaster fans in the house, right? Nobody? Okay. And so we're like, like, I don't know. So, you know, I love the roller coaster, but you know what I hate is the waiting in line. Fast pass, I know, those can get expensive. And so, so when you go, like, my favorite roller coaster place is Six Flags Atlanta. Disney World is great, but you got to go to Six Flags for the better roller coasters, really. And there's this one called the Goliath. Um, and it goes up, like, 70, 80, I don't know. It's so tall, they put a flashing light so airplanes don't hit it. That's a little tall. And so when you get in... And they strap you down, and it's a long tick, 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 tick. And my wife is behind me when we're riding it, and she's praying in tongues. She's singing worships. And, 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 and some ladies beside her just patting her hands like, it's going to be okay, sweetie. It's going to be okay. But I, like, I kind of knew what to expect on that one because I'd kind of seen the whole coaster from the park. But then I rode this other roller coaster when we went to Six Flags on our honeymoon called the Riddler. And it looks really, really like, it's, this is a kiddie coaster because you sit in and they just put a lap bar on you and you go up some hills and down and you make a couple of turns. And then we come up and we're going over a, 
like a drop, and I look in the distance, and guess what's in the distance? There's two loop-de-loops in the distance. I don't have chest straps. I've never ridden a roller coaster that went upside down without chest straps. I just have a lap bar. And I told Jennifer, I was like, we can't do it. We can't do it. And it's like, well, you kind of have to. You're not getting off. <laughs> and so we get to the, like, to the loop-de-loops upside down. And you guys like when I say that, right? Loop-de-loop. <laughs> the centrifugal force kept me in the seat. That's a big word, and I said it right. You're going so fast that, that, that the centrifugal force keeps you in your seat. But I didn't know that. I, I didn't understand the science of it. I thought there was supposed to be a strap holding me down. But the lap bar, the force kept me in. And so this journey has been a little bit like that, in that we kind of knew what to expect. But then 2020 came, and we got to the top of the hill, and we're like, I wasn't prepared for that, right? I wasn't prepared for the shutdown. I wasn't prepared for no open venues. I wasn't prepared for not being able to meet in person to build our team, and we're having to do things on Zoom. And so, like, Alex joined our team on a Zoom meeting, complete strangers, and we're, like, posting on social media and Facebook and Instagram, hey, meet some complete strangers online to start a church, and we'll send you a coupon for free ice cream. I mean, that is as legit as it gets, right? But she's here, and she's rocking it out. But you, here's the thing. Like, in all the ups and downs, I didn't have the chest straps, right? I wasn't prepared. But God's power has kept us in the sea through all the ups and downs and all the loop-de-loops and trusting him on that. And so what I want to help us today is, is to be able to understand that God has given us resources when we take a risk. And actually, some of what I'm preaching today, um, I wrote down, actually, the bulk of my points I wrote down back in 2017 um, and I did not know that it would be the premise for my last message at Love and Truth Church. So the very last Sunday at my previous church, my pastor has already scheduled a vacation to like Hawaii or somewhere before I told him I was leaving. So he's like, look, it's, it's your last Sunday. Do you want to preach? And I'm like, that's going to be super hard. But I found out God had already given me what I was supposed to share two years prior before my last Sunday there. But I, I went back over this week just kind of looking at where I'd wrote some of these points down in, in March of 2017. And, and about four or five days, I carry a, a little black book a lot, and I write down things that it doesn't have phone numbers. The only number I have is, is my wife's number, right? But I, I write down things that I feel like the Lord you know, shares with me or that a scripture that I read or a prayer. And and on March the 6th in 2017, I was doing a 40-day prayer journal of drawing circles. And I'm just going to read you guys some thoughts that I'd written down. And it says, when we act in faith, um, it's not our reputation that's at risk. It's God's reputation that's at risk because he's the one who made the promise in the first place. And so a lot of times we won't step out in faith and risk because we're afraid that what if I fail? It's going to be on me. But if we're trusting God's calling us to it, then it's not our reputation that's at risk. It's God's. And if he's called us to it, then he's going to give us the resources for it. And so just in a moment of transparency, I will read down, read a prayer that I wrote. I was like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm more afraid of failure than I like to admit. I seem pretty confident on the outside, but I'm really not. I've had very few major failures in my life, and I struggle greatly with insecurity and confidence and courage. I fail to pray and ask for the big things for two reasons, and it's probably a lot of us here. One, I won't get what I'm asking for, so what's the use? 
Two, maybe I do get what I'm asking for and I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> so it's better not to ask at all. And I said, God, help me to be more confident, not in myself, but in you. You are the one that gives me strength. You are the one that provides. You are the one who holds all things in your hands. God, help me to trust my dreams to you. And then you turn over four pages, and God gives me the vision for Avenue Church. I wasn't expecting the answer that quick. But in that, he reminded me of four truths that I want to share with you guys today. And you know what? You will probably hear these maybe every single year because it's something that we need to walk in and trusting that God's going to provide the resources. And it's, and it's, it's not necessarily what you think. And so four truths, four promises that we see all throughout scripture. I'll give them to you quickly, and then I'm going to go through each one. The first one, God's presence is with you. God's power is in you. God's provision is for you, and God's purpose is through you. And we see these replicated, and we sing about them here, and we, we talk about them here on Sundays, but we see them replicated over and over and over in Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But we have to start, like these are in order of importance. And we have to start with the first one, in coming to an understanding and a realizing and remembering that God's presence is with you that he's not up on some lofty throne looking down while we're trying to live our life and keep it together and spinning all the plates, that his presence, his spirit is actually not just with you, but when you're walking in relationship with him, it is in you. And Jesus promised that when, he, when, when the Holy Spirit comes, that he will lead us in all truths, that he is with us. And, and here's what we have to be careful to do is, is, is we can't jump to the fourth promise that his purpose is, is through us without going to the first one. We want to jump, God, what's my purpose? What's your purpose for me? What am I supposed to do with my life? Like I remember having, like being 24, 25, having a quarter life crisis, like God. And I didn't know that was a thing. So Google was just starting back then. Imagine that. I was a Google quarter life crisis. That's a real thing. And then I reached like 40. I'm like, God, what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? And so we can't focus on pursuing his purpose because our purpose is really unchanging. It will manifest itself in different ways, but we have to pursue his presence because the truth is you cannot grab access to God's power and God's provision without walking in his presence. You can't access the power and the provision that he has for you in your life without first being and walking in his presence. And then it's going to be really, really difficult for you to try to um, pursue his purpose in your life without having that provision and without having that power in your life. So we have to start here. Amen. We have to start with walking and understanding that God's presence is with us. And we see this promise from the Old Testament in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9. This was the first word that God spoke to Joshua before he entered the promised land. He said, listen, this is my command. Be strong and what? Courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is what? With you. Wherever you go. That was his first commission. Joshua had been the second guy next to Moses. And then God comes to, to Joshua and says, look, my servant Moses is dead. Now it's up to you to lead. And he says, look, I will be with you wherever you go. It's the first word spoken to Joshua before he walks into the promised land. It's also the last words that Jesus speaks to his disciples before he ascends into heaven. And we see this in Matthew 28, 
verse 20. It's the second part of the verse. He says, be sure of this. I'm with you. How? Always. Even until the ends of the age. I'm with you always. And so here's what I want us to understand. When we are walking in God's presence and his presence is with us, it is not just with us, but it is with us everywhere always. It is with us everywhere always. And we don't recognize it because we're not looking for it. And our ears aren't receptive. Our spirit's not receptive. And so we're just finishing up these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Can I get an amen? We're done. All right, I really think like, I sh- that's kind of bad. Lord, I love fasting because I want to grow closer to you, but I also like coffee, right? And so last week, we were still in the middle of the fast and we were having coffee trucks and a bunk cake. And I was like, Lord, I really want coffee and a bunk cake. <laughs> and so the Lord provided. <laughs> he took it off the counter for me <laughs> so I can have it today. Isn't that, isn't that just like God? Come on. Right, so he's even there in the midst of it. But, but this season gives us an opportunity to fine-tune our reception so we can hear and see and experience him better. And, and I, I can't give you any of these points without sharing some stories about the last year and a half. And when I preached this message in 2019 at my last church, it was with an idea of looking ahead of what God will do. But now in 2022, one year later as a church, I can look back as well and say, this is what God did. And, and, and it's not just about, oh, look what God did for me. But no, this is what our God is capable of in all of our lives. David says this in Psalms. He says, come and listen and let me tell you what he has done for me. And we need to get more comfortable. And, and you know, it's hard for me at times because I don't want to seem braggadocious because I didn't like those people, right? People who were always name dropping or talking about things that, that God, I, I was judgy, but me judging them, that's why, you know, Jesus says, take the speck out of your eye, the log out of your eye before you take the speck out of someone else's eye. Because oftentimes what you're judging someone else for is what is hindering you. And so I was being real judgy about people bragging about what God done in their life or has done in their life. But that was preventing me from sharing what God has done in my life. And so when, when Jennifer and I moved here and we started our interest parties to build our team and Levi and Caitlin, raise your hands over there. I'll put you guys on the spot. He's going to kill me later because um, they moved here with us. And then Dale and Francie in the back, come on, wave your hands to the couple that they were in Jackson with us. We did their wedding. And so they were in Laverne and they joined with us. And then Caitlin and Willie came along as the next couple wave, wave, wave right there. They, they own Smith brothers car wash. Go get your car wash. They're incredible people. Um, yeah, forget that. Go, go. But, but when we moved here, um, it didn't go as planned. We, we lived in a three-bedroom rental in Smyrna off Almaville Road. We could only use one bedroom. So it was a one bedroom with five people and one bath. And so my daughter was starting a new school. Wife was starting a new job. And I was just driving through town, getting to know the town. And, and Willie and Caitlin on their car wash, they had a sign and it said, trust God's plan. And I didn't even know them at the time. But I saw that and I was like, all right, God, I'm going to trust your plans. And so I would purposefully go out of my way through town to make sure that was still on their sign. And then, and, and, and then so that was a word to me. And then one day she sent me a message on Facebook and was like, hey, 
Um, saw you guys are starting a church. We missed the uh, first interest party when you're going to have another one. And she said, we own Smith Brothers Car Wash. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I drive past your car wash all the time to make sure that's still on there because God's reminded me that he's in this plan. And so now they are a part of our team. God's presence was with us. Um, and then Jolie and Leslie were the next couple, next couple ladies to, not a couple, but they joined the team with us. They were the next couple of people to join the team with us. And, and I'm, I met Leslie's brother um, 16 years ago now in Monroe, Louisiana on a missions trip. Never met him before. He was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor. We stay connected through the years. He joins the same church planning network that I'm a part of and plants a church in Cincinnati. And Leslie and Jolie find out that we're starting a church with the same church planning network. And now Leslie is a part of our church. But we went to dinner with her one night on, uh, in, in December of 2019 when we were making the decision to push, when we were making the decision not to launch in February. And we're having dinner, and we tell her. It's like, how do you recruit a team? Tell people you're not starting a church when you said that you were, right? <laughs> it's like it works every time. Um, but she told us, she's like, it's okay. We're still with you. I don't feel like you're ready. And so she went home that night, and she may not even remember this, and she had not done her devotion, unless I remember. Um, she had not done her devotion for that day in her Jesus Calling devotional. And so she, do, she, she did it when she got home that night, and she sent us this text message with a picture of her devotion. And, and we were really, really wrestling with, um, is it in there? No, please tell me it's in there. Is this on? Please, please. Don't look back. They've done an incredible job, all service. There were tons of moving pieces. Um, but there, there was a devotion. I bring my phone. I've got it on my phone just in case. No big deal. Technology is great when it works. Um, but she sent a devotional that spoke to what we had just shared with her um, about not starting. And this is when God reminds us that his presence is with us. Um, it says, I'm working on your behalf. Bring me all your concerns, including your dreams. Talk with me about everything, letting the light of my presence shine on your hopes and plans. Spend time allowing my light, light to infuse your dreams with life gradually, transforming them into reality. I'm going to skip down. And she underlined this. says, do not try to hurry this process. If you work with me, you have to accept my time frame. Okay, thanks. I wish you would have told me that. Um, hurry is not my nature. There it is. Hurry is not my nature. So you can see, do not try to hurry the process. Now, would you say God was with me in that moment? Like I had just spent a month kind of like wrestling. Do we push back? And I tell Leslie and Joey, like, I want you to join the team, but you're going to have to wait. God reminds me, hurry is not my process. And so we have to walk at God's speed in his presence. The second thing is this, is God's power is in you. Ephesians 1.19 says, I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. The incredible greatness of God's power. Guys, we so underestimate what we have access to. The, 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 the power that we have. 
Um, and it says this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Now, I don't want you to think that, that you, like you very well could be, have the power to, to raise people from the dead. But what I want you to understand is that that power is not an earthly power. That power is a heavenly power. That is the same power that we have. And that same power is used in the menial tasks when we understand God's presence is there. And we're doing it in his power, not our own. And I love this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And, and you will hear it a lot from here. It says, my grace is all you what? Need. My power works best in your weakness. And we, like, like, like we think we have to be able to do everything right and perfect all the time. But one translation says that, that my power is made perfect in your weakness. I want the perfect power, not my power that's imperfect. And, and one of the ways this came out, when we were going through our, our final launch training in Birmingham, Alabama, and Pastor Andy Heiss was our coach, and now he's one of our overseers, and, and, and we had to put a business plan together, unlike anything I'd ever done, like what's your fundraising plans, what's your marketing plan, give me your first year of sermons, like, like all these, how are you going to recruit your team? And so I'm putting everything together, and he looks at it, and the last day, and he looks at Jennifer and I and gives us our approval, he says, like, you guys are going to do awesome. But Stephen, it's obvious you are very detail and task oriented. Jennifer, you're going to have to make sure he focuses on the people. And we both just kind of laugh. It's like, you have no idea. And my coordinators and team members that are working with me now, you guys know details and tasks are not my thing. But it was, Scott Tina's like, nice, really nice, smiling, you're okay. But here's God's strength has worked in that weakness. And so I don't want you to forsake pursuing and risking because you don't think you have the strength. You have the same power in you that raised Christ. Christ from the dead. It's a heavenly power, and we use it in the menial small tasks and in the greater task. We use it in stepping out in faith, but then we also use it just in staying obedient to what God's called us to do right now. One of the verses that, that, that God gave me when I was wrestling to tell my pastor it's time to leave is Judges chapter 6, and it's the story of Gideon that, that was, was called to, to defeat this army and the angel of the Lord said, you know, you're, you're a great warrior. And Gideon's like, who are you talking about? I'm the least of my family. And God tells Gideon to go with the strength that you have because I'm for you and I'm with you. And so, guys, I carried and I chewed on that verse forever. And then 2020 came and I'm working 50 plus hours at FedEx, not seeing my family. And we're on vacation and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you said that you would be with me. And I was to go with the strength that I have. And I wrote down and said, whispered to me. He's like, but I didn't tell you that would be all that you need. It's sometimes when we get a word and we think, all right, God, I'm going with my strength. We think I can do it all, but it's not. He said, I didn't tell you that would be all that you need. That's why I told you that I would be with you. And he's been with us every single step in the way, walking in his power. It's okay to be weak because in your weakness, God's power works best. Third thing is God's provision is for you. God's provision is for you. And I went back and forth when I was originally writing all this down, whether it was people or provision. Is it people or provision? You know, as put things that you can remember them. And it's, and it's not either or. It's both and. Because provision comes in two forms. It comes in relationships and it comes in resources. And God has brought both in this journey of both relationships and resources. And honestly, the resources that we have have come through relationships that we've made over the last couple of years. And um, Olivia's 
Uh, Ride is, is leading our, our youth group now, helping our team lead our youth group. She is leading our teenagers, my daughter who's a teenager, but I was her youth pastor 12 years ago. Daniel Watson, who's not here, was one of my fraternity brothers, and he worked some SEO magic on the backside of a website. I don't know how that works, but now we rank number one on the first page for non-denominational churches near me, which is incredible. We're a church of one-year-old. Um, Dell and Francia, I've known them since Jackson, and the crazy thing, Dell and Francia were at a small group at their previous church that Steve now owns, and they are hosting a small group together at their house. <laughs> God puts all these little resources together that we don't think of. Um, one of the most popular v verse on provisions, Matthew 6, 33, says, seek how? First, the kingdom of God. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. Above all else, live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And, 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 and God's kingdom is really just God's way of doing things. It's God's people and God's place doing things God's way. And, and we started in a series back in November called Kingdom First, Kingdom Culture, where at the first of the month, every month, we're gonna take a kingdom offering and we're going to raise funds, and a percentage of that is going to go into savings, and a percentage of that is going to go out. And our first offering in December was, was really, really good. And then our first service in January came, and guess what I forgot to mention? The kingdom offerings. Good job. And so I'm like freaking out. Chris texted me. He was like, weren't we supposed to take the kingdom offering today? And I was like, ah, you know, emoji. So way to go, Pastor Stephen. Two weeks ago, I told you guys, without me saying it, we have brought in double the amount of our first month. That has now tripled the amount of the first month. So God's resources are there when we trust him for it. And so a percentage of that is helping us. Your giving is helping us prepare for the future that God has for us. And then a percentage of that is helping us give above and beyond what we're already doing. We have to come to a place, guys, as a church and also as an individual that we're trusting him for the resources. One last thing, and this just happened yesterday. So if you're an A-team member, we're having a big gala next Saturday where we're celebrating and honoring you guys and just giving you a break. And, and we had a budget. <laughs> and we kind of went over that budget a little bit, just, just a little, you know. But God's blessed us, and we're not hurting because of it. And so as, as a leader and a, you know, a budgeteer, I'm like, ah, we shouldn't have, but I want to honor my people. Ah, we shouldn't have, but I want to. You guys know what I'm talking about? You have that wrestle. And then just yesterday, we had somebody who gave to our church all last year that we were his kids' children's pastor, gave an offering that's going to cover all of it, but $500. <laughs> so I was going to be over X amount. Now I only have to pay $500. That's incredible when we trust God for the provision. And I don't, look, 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 I'm not saying this so you can say, oh, Stevens. No, this is for you. I want you walking in this because the last thing is this, is God's purpose is through you. We always want to walk and talk and, and work of God's purpose in us, and that's great, but even greater is God's purpose through you, through you. He has a purpose for you, but more importantly, his purpose is through you. And look, um, every step of obedience we take, he works his purpose out in us. But at the same time, every step of obedience we take, he works his purpose through us through our relationships, through 
you know, our community of, of work, through our community and family, through this church community, through your serve teams, through your school, wherever you're at, he's working his purpose out through you. Ephesians 2.10 says that, and, you know, this is one of my life verses, we are God's masterpiece. He created us new in Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us. Not just think about it, but to do it. I mean, I could have wrote down like all the visions God had given me for the church and, and talk about it and pray about it and think about it and marinate on it, but it's not worth anything until I, what, actually do something about it. And so he's created all of us. It doesn't matter what your past is, you know, like where you failed in the past, that when you come into a relationship with Christ, Scripture says that all that is gone and you are a new creation. And so the road that you were on before that change, it shifts. And you're in a new direction now. And God renews your purpose. And so we have this misconception of what that purpose looks like. And it's not necessarily a platform. Um, it's not necessarily a, a social media influencer. It's not necessarily a, you know, a, a fat bank account and a nice car. It's, that's not necessarily the purpose. It's not even the title. It's not even, you know, getting patented on, like, inventions or winning. Like, that's not the purpose. For some of us, here's, here's what the purpose. For some, it's being a doctor or a nurse that's going to care for those who are sick, who are hurting. For others... It's raising the next doctor or nurse in the ways of the Lord. For some, it's being a teacher, loving children from broken homes Monday through Friday, giving them strength to make it through Saturday and Sunday. For others of us, it's raising that next teacher, although some of the teachers in the room is like, I ain't raising my kids to be a teacher. <laughs> right, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's been a tough year for our teachers. For some of us, it's to start businesses. For some of us, it's to be the best customer service representative at Walmart or Walgreens or Culver's or wherever you work. Just to put a smile on somebody else's face because of the joy of the Lord. Erin said something before she got off the stage. Like, we, we can celebrate God not only in our trials, but in our joy. Like, like, what if we walked in that and people saw that in our life? For some of us, our purpose is breaking free of a generational cycle of addiction, insecurity, or maybe even divorce, and, 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 and you want to pursue the platform, but God's got you back at your home reshaping your family tree, creating a new starting line for your kids that's a little further ahead than the starting line that you had. Our greatest purpose, though, as individuals and as a church is to make Jesus known by helping everyone that we come into contact with. You don't have to just do it on a Sunday morning. When you walk out these doors, I want you to live in such a way that people can experience God's love. I want you to live in such a way that, that through conversations with you, that they find their identity in Christ, that you're referring them back not just to the truth of culture, but truth of Scripture and who they are. And as you're doing that as a church, then you will be living out your purpose. God's purpose is through us. God's provision is for us. God's power is in us. But we can have none of that if we don't start at the first promise, that his presence is with us. And so, so I'm closing today. Maybe you're here and this is your first time or maybe you're here and 
you know, you haven't been in a while, you're uncertain of all the confetti and all the celebrations and maybe even some of what I've said. And um, it's like, Stephen, that's, that's not just for me. Um, I want you to know that I've been in your seat and I've doubted that even as a leader and as a pastor. It's like, God, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not bold enough. I'm not brave enough. I'm not courageous enough. It's not about you being enough of anything. Because in and of yourself, you can never be enough. But our God has loved us enough that he has made himself enough for us. Because God wants to be present in your life. He wants to see you walk through life with his power. He wants to provide for you. He has a specific purpose for you. 2 Corinthians 1.20, it's not on the screen, but write it down. Just the, the reference, it says this, Paul says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen. Christ is our amen. And what that means, it just means yes. Through Christ, our amen. He is sins to God for his glory. And so when we come to God and, and, and we look at these promises, when we step out and risk and do whatever it takes, and, and we're afraid to do whatever it takes because we're afraid we'll be let down, but really if God calls us, it's not our reputation that's at risk, it's his. And he promises to be with us. He promises for his power to work in and through us. He promises to provide for us. And when we trust in those promises, his purpose will work through us. And so he's already said yes to whatever is in your heart. Just give him an opportunity. Don't hurry it. Don't rush it. Give him an opportunity to shape it in his own way, in his own time. And all you have to do is say yes yourself. Because it's not even like he's not even saying maybe, I don't know. And it's not even yes. It's yes, yes. It is a resounding yes, but it's all wrapped up in Christ. And so that's where we want to find you wrapping your life up in. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you here today and you need to say yes to starting a relationship with Jesus, to putting your hope in him, surrendering all your guilt, shame, sin, baggage, whatever you brought to the table, you get to leave it there and he takes care of it and he removes it. If that's you today, just I'm gonna ask you, just simply lift your hand with no one looking around, no one looking around, just to lift your hand very quickly and you can put it right back down. Awesome, awesome. As I'm praying, it's not my words that save you, but it's yours. Right where you're seated, you get to have a communication. You get to have a conversation with, with, with the creator of the heaven, the one who, who knit you together piece by piece. And it's not all that you'll say, but it's the beginning of a lifelong conversation. And then I'm gonna pray that we would walk in these promises and that we would open our eyes and our ears to see God working in and around us so that we can put all glory back to him so that you guys have your own stories, not to be bragging on yourself, but bragging what God's done. So Father, we come to you this morning, God, and I thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done in this house, not just today, but God, over this last year, and even what you're going to do, and what you're doing even right now. We don't take that for granted at all. 
But Father, we celebrate those who lifted their hands, but maybe even those that lifted their heart today saying, Father, I need you. I'm saying yes to you that I want all that you have for me and I'm putting that in a relationship with your son. God, make me clean. Take away my sin, my guilt, my shame. I give my life to you. Promise to, to follow you to the best of my ability as you give me strength, God. And Father, for us as a church, I pray that we would just trust your goodness for us. God, as individuals, that we would trust your goodness, that you never leave us nor you forsake us. God, you've created us for good things to walk out and to do. And so, Father, I pray that, that as a church, that we would walk in an abundance of anointing, God, an abundance of favor, an abundance of health, an abundance of provision so that we can put all the glory back to you and so we can be a help and a service to those around us. So, Father, we thank you for what you've done in this first year. We open our hands and we say yes to what you have for us in the next year. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen, amen, amen. Come on, one last hand clap. Awesome, 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 awesome. If you...